Susan. Oh my God. So emotional. That's my song for you. That was beautiful. I'm feeling emotional. What can I say? Feeling emotional in episode 452. Yeah. I get so emotional, oh. baby. <laughs> People didn't know what they were getting into today. Oh, I'm trying to think Woo. of what other song. It's just kind of like, like you know, there, that's got to be a game somewhere. Like, think of a song with the word emotional in it. And then you have to like, yes. oh, what is that That'd game that we played? Game show. Oh, it was so much fun at your house. That w- then Lincoln was really good at it, and you roll the dice, and you pick the letters with the categories. That is a fun game. Man, that was so <laughs> much was really fun. No, he was really good at that. <laughs> I mean, real. I guess so. That's yes. a great game. It really is. There's nothing yeah. better than when you can get, like, alliteration and then get two points, you know, like Mickey Mouse or... Yes. W- oh, my gosh. Double yeah. trouble situation. Oh, now two I want to play categories. Can you play categories with two people? Yes, probably. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because you know, I we we have limited two player games in this house, and so oh, you know, wow, a person can only play so much gin. Like, and would Ren want to play? <laughs> would Jin, uh, Would Jin? Would Ren want to play games? Like, is he a game? Oh yeah, guy. Oh for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The right. first day, the, the first time I met his mom, his mom and I played like six rounds of Connect Four. Ooh. Because we both are just like people who like games. And Ren got that for her for Christmas. And she's like, ooh, want to play? I'm like, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> you know what's a good two person game is, what? in my opinion, Boggle. Bo- uh, Susie, believe this yeah. one? Never played Boggle my whole life. You would love it. You know what would boggle your mind? The <laughs> lack of experience I have with Boggle. You would love Boggle because it's I feel all like about I words. Would. It's just fun to say too. Look, I'm literally writing down, like taking notes. Boggle. I just did too. Oh my god, that's really funny. Ah, uh, oh okay. Well, this is actually a funny that we even started talking about games because I was flipping through, flipping through. You don't flip through things when you're. I was scrolling through Vice online, and yeah. I saw this article. That ended up, when I clicked on it, it ended up being the most mathematically confusing article I've ever read in my entire life. I could barely read it. I looked (laughs) at it because there were so many numbers and formulas that I couldn't understand. But the summary of it was that puzzles are rarely the number that they are on the box. Get out. I don't mean just by a little bit. I mean by a lot of it. I, I love I, I love that you're shocked. I love this. I love that <laughs> I could get Susie to have this reaction. And honestly, <laughs> that's how I felt, which is why I was like, well, I'm definitely reading everything about this. And then I opened it up and I was like, I definitely need a PhD in mathematics to finish this article. But it's all about the aspect ratio and how the aspect ratio needs to be visually pleasing. And there aren't many aspect ratios that get you close to... Um, those numbers, like the, numbers? the closest, yeah. So, <gasps> so fi- all five hundred piece puzzles are usually yeah. five hundred and thirteen pieces. No, and they're twenty seven by nineteen is like the regular, like the layout. <gasps> I, I am loving that you're loving this. Like, <laughs> this is like great because, like, I love this too. And like, this is one of those things where I'm like, mm, like, do people care? But yes, because like, <laughs> it's like whenever I told you the car door noises oh, are a lie. I still, I haven't even accepted that yet. That's how I feel about this. Like, I really bought into... the lo- Like, the- because also, <laughs> really? Exactly a thousand? And who the hell is counting? Yeah, why didn't I question this? Right. And so a thousand piece puzzles are uh, usually 
1,026 pieces. This is crazy. 38 by 27. And this is the thing that the article said, and I don't know the tru- if this is true, but they said that they don't, they always have to be more because, like, you know, somebody will say that it's false advertising if there were 900. That's what I was pieces. thinking you were going to so say. It's, it's always <gasps> over. Wow. Yeah. Games, man. I, my mind is blown. Yeah. So now, doesn't that make you want to just like get a puzzle and like count pieces? Because <laughs> yeah, like, I, I just really Lincoln want to know. Yes. I'll be like, this is your school for the day. Count them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so great. I think we will. That sounds if, great. That is excellent. An, an excellent idea. And then look at your learning. Oh my gosh, look, you're learning a lot <laughs> here because if you do like smaller sized, obviously not like a thousand, but mm-hmm. um, you can talk about like like a two by two is four pieces. That's like yeah. you're learning multiplication and he'll totally yeah. get that. Okay. I can see him. <gasps> oh, Suze. <laughs> Professor Susie. Yeah, right. The Butler School of Excellence. Yes, Butler School of Excellence. What I don't get, though, there must be some sort of psychology about why they don't just say it's 513. Because I I would be fine knowing that. There's a part of of me that feels like that's like, "Mm, that's not pretty. Like, it's not. There must be like a consumer thing where we wouldn't like it. Because to me, it seems like. Mm-mm. That's I. That's not finished. <laughs> that's like 513 it's pieces. Yeah, it's unsettling. And then when I see a number that's like not round like that, mm-hmm. it then would it almost makes me want to count the pieces more. I'll be like, wait, not 513. Like <laughs> that's very exact. That. Like, did I get everyone? Like, do I need? What if I'm missing one? You know, like how you yes. count the cards in a deck or so. I don't know. It feels like it would trigger some sort of OCD. Yes, because even as I'm looking at my notes and I'm, I have written down 500 piece or 513. When I look at the 513 and think about that written on the box, I'm like, uh, uh, mm, no, mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like those, those, you know, the the. Instagram posts or the, the memes that'll be online that it'll be like, uh, don't watch this if you have anxiety. And then there's yes. the other ones that are like, watch this to like ease your feelings of anxiety. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I, because I, it's not right. Nope, not right. Oh, I can't stand when that happens. Well, so when you read the article, it was trying to explain oh, the math. I'm, Suze. Let what? me just, I'm going to try to read this to you just for okay. shits and giggles. I'm going to try to like, let's see. Okay. Where do I have it saved? I'm going to try to just read a couple lines from this article to see. Oh, I saved this a while back. Okay. Uh, Why jigsaw puzzles almost never have the number of pieces it says on the box. Blah, 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 blah. First of all. This is like an expose. Right? This is, it's, it's, um, so this man who writes for a mathematical blog, a blog on mathematics called God Plays Dice, hmm. wrote this. And it says, okay, I'll just read the first, the first paragraph. Okay. So let's say that a number is a puzzle number. If it's of the form M times X with M oh, no. greater than or equal to N greater than or equal to 2M minus that is comma a puzzle has to have an aspect ratio between one square and two. The choice of two is arbitrary here, but other constant would be more arbitrary. Can we easily work out? We can easily work out the first few puzzle numbers, which are enough to find them as in the OEIS. I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> That's A071562 defined as the numbers N such that the sum of the middle divisors of N 
A no. zero seven. What? What is not zero? What? And then it keeps going. That's like the. That's the first paragraph. What does that even mean? No, I can't believe you kept reading. So, because I had to get. I was like, yeah. Maybe eventually it'll get to actual sentences. I feel like the the reason you had to keep reading is the same reason why you wouldn't want it to be 513. A (laughs) hundred Because I didn't want to say for like, you know, people like me who like but I'm like, oh, yes, I had to. And, you know, then it it kind of got into it and it was talking about uh, somebody in 2014. What was his name? Um, 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 I definitely... There was part that was like actually, yeah, it says the math internet noticed this before. John D. Cook wrote in 2004 jigsaw puzzles that say they have a thousand pieces, have a pro- have approximately a thousand pieces, but probably not exactly a thousand. Hmm. And they're arranged in a grid so that the number of pieces along the side has to be a divisor of the total number of pieces. That I was like, okay. Yeah, I, I can that work with I can, that. Thank you, James, John D. Cook in 2014, who actually wrote <laughs> that in a way where I can understand. But Do you yeah. think it's the case where most people are going to be like, well, yeah, I figured. Or are they going to be shook like us? Oh, gosh. Oh. Are That's we the such only good, doofuses that, who fell for That it? is such a good question because there's a reason why like that was at the like top of the... Or maybe it is just me, my interest in that. Because I think it's interesting. And, but maybe people are But like, are they yeah, going to act like it was obvious? That, oh, no, yeah, we figured. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because, because here's the thing. Like, even I had to think about it for a sec. Because even though puzzles are laid out in a grid, some, with the piece, sometimes in my mind, because they're like puzzle piecey shaped, I feel like it's not. <laughs> Like it's, yeah. but it is all even. It really mm-hmm. is math. There's a lot of math in that. That's weird. <laughs> and now I understand why it, that article's written like that a little bit. It must Shit, be. Man. It has to be. Well, this isn't a perfect opportunity for a poll. Right underneath Bobble, <laughs> let me write down post poll. Poll it. Poll. There we go. Well, we, uh, we by should the way, also... update go ahead. on the poll. Sorry, cut you off. Go ahead. You no. first. No, no, go ahead. Update on a previous poll uh, about the do babies have freckles? Yeah. I, I was correct, thank goodness. And uh, <laughs> babies uh, don't. No in freckles. Fa- no freckles. There is a condition in which babies can be born with freckles, but it's a condition. And so it's like, only birthmarks. Like you can yes. have a birthmark. Yes. Okay. And oh. um, yeah, so there was, there was an article that came out uh in the Daily Mail, and then it was like Stanford Parent or something like that, that it said uh, um, that, oh, well, no, I had it there and it went away. But basically that, yes, they've done the research and babies are, um, you know, not born with freckles. Wow, that is something I never thought of, but I really like knowing it. Yeah, and I took the um, poll and, and a majority of people did agree. However, there was a, a small percentage that was like, uh, yeah, 22% that was like, yeah, yeah I voted. That's what I oh. voted, that 22 <laughs> What if it were like, only no, like are. four people and one of them is Susie? <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, 
the way car buying should be. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, Suze, do yeah. you want to hear about another game that's doing something interesting? Or another game that we need to be really mad at and, like, <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, patriarchy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you hear about what's happening in the world of tennis? Well, yeah, with Naomi. Oh, oh no. No. The other thing, well, apparently. Oh, with the men? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what's the thing with Naomi? And who's Naomi? Naomi is the um, black tennis player. She's really young. Oh, I think yes, her last yes, name yes. is Okasa or something. But she um, sat out in protest after the death of mm-hmm. um, somebody, you know, one of the many people killed by yes. police, I think. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing a Breonna Taylor mask when she plays now, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Well. This is one uh, where, you know, we just get to be mad at Patriarchy. So this, one of the players, and every, I'm sure people know who he is, but I, I, I only know, like, the top, like, right, well, right, now right. he, okay, yes, well, he's one of the top guys, blah, 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 blah. But I only know, like, you know, the, the big, really, the stars. famous ones. But Novak, uh, what's his name? Djokovic? Yes, I think it's something oh, like that. Okay. Novak Djokovic. Uh, he is breaking away and a bunch of other top men are creating this players association that's kind of like operating like a union and it was yes. like billed as a way to get other players to join and they're not including any women. Yes. I didn't know that they were like doing that as a point. I just thought that the women had a different association, but I must but be wrong. There was a a men's and women's tennis association and then these men want to break away to leave the men's tennis association to form like a better one and i don't know if it's just the men's or if if they're frustrated by what they view as a lack of leverage in men's tennis and i don't even know what that means but for the top ranked men players and like the highest paid men in the league to be like we want more and then they're but they won't let ladies in Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And they basically, I guess, like the Women's Tennis Association is like, no, none of this stuff addresses <laughs> the issues that like we're concerned with. Wow. And yeah, because I guess like people are trying to understand like and and it literally says in the article, it's not clear if the group would attempt to bargain collectively like a players union in other professional sports. But I guess right. in other and I didn't even know any of this, but in mm-hmm. other major league sports, they act as like a league while their tennis players are all independent contractors. So I guess they, I don't know, need it's to so be able confusing. to leverage. It's so confusing. And all I know is that I'm mad because women don't get to be a part of it. Yeah, and it all I know fishy. is fishy. Yes, really fishy. But what I do love is <laughs> that there are men who are like like Roger Federer, who is like, mm, we don't, I don't like this, and they're refusing to join. 
Okay. Yes. So Roger Federer tweeted, and he was like, I agree, these are uncertain and challenging times, but I believe it's critical for us to stand united as players, as a sport, to pave the best way forward. So he's like, unless we're including women in our argument for, like, players' rights and for what players need and for, you know, to whatever, get more money or whatever they want to do, we need to include women. There was that thing where... The women's soccer team. Oh yes, you know, is like, hey, we we win, and we deserve to be paid what the men are paid. Yeah, and they aren't. Like the men's team sucks and make a gazillion times more. Yes. than the women yes. who are right. kicking ass. Right. Oh, like right. with um, is her name Megan Rackano? Is that how you say it? Oh, I don't know. You know, she has purple hair sometimes. She's yes. like super cool and pretty and she's like real confident and everyone all the men hate it oh, she's like well, likes herself her. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, cause she likes and they're herself. like you know what we should get some uh, didn't they win the goddamn yes, world cup like a bunch of times <laughs> so but they make three dollars yeah it's not fair at all and no. i was talking to ren about this in like you know comp- like because we were watching just for a minute that like you know tennis open i think it's the u.s open that's on right now and um this jokovac or whatever guy was playing or like he was in first place and i was like i hate him i'm mad at him yeah and so ren, ren was like wait what and so i was talking <laughs> to him about it and he said this is so different than a lot of others like the the nba just follow what they're doing because they always do things right and like they mm. um uh, a lot of the NBA players were some of the biggest supporters of the WNBA, and a lot, some of them even provided like part like took parts of their salary and paid the WNBA players who weren't invited back for like the continuation of the season. What? Why do you think it is? Do you think it's just that a race thing? Like when you have white people running things, it's <sighs> that's what I. That's my conclusion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's safe to assume, right? Yeah. I was like, well, that's pretty much like, you know, it's just these, I just can't believe it. And the, the way that it was announced was, I want to send you the picture so you can, it almost looks intimidating and it looks like it's very clear the message that's being sent. And it's like, I wonder what's missing from this picture kind of thing. And Mm. I don't know, it just made me, I'm going to send it to you right now, but it just made me cringe a little bit. And I was just like, "Mm." and it says like after, so this was his tweet. After yesterday's successful meeting, we are excited to announce the beginning of the Professional Tennis Players Association. Also, notice how in there, the Professional Tennis Players Association. Right. There's nothing. Now I'm breaking it down. Now, yeah, now we're mad. Now, oh, now I even understand deeper why I'm upset. So it's Professional because, Tennis Players Association with yes. no women in it. Yes. Okay. And what is that? What is that like? Where's the assumption there that now we're the other again? That they're Boy, the that standard. Makes me mad. Oh, I was just and teaching call, Lincoln go, about oh. this because he plays Fortnite and he there's a character on the new season called. A She-Hulk. I get, I'm sure everyone knows that there is a She-Hulk, but I never knew that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, we're calling her Hulk, and we're going to yes. call the, the other guy He-Hulk. <laughs> because why is she just denoted right. in that way of like, yes. this is not the original? This Fuck is the off. her version of that. Fuck yeah. off, right? And then it go, he goes <clears throat> on to say, the first o- the first player only association in tennis since 1972. So nope. now he's like, du- it's like double down. The first only player only association to all to only for only men. Yeah, for wieners only. Did, and did you see the picture? Yes. 
where they're all standing in like this. Yeah, it's like it looks like a date rape. Like, um, yes. <laughs> you know where they do a lineup to see who yes. committed the crime. It's and like I'm that. just like, this. Come on. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm mad about in tennis today. Me too. Thank you. So you're welcome. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay. Um, what else do I want to talk to you about? We finished up that, being angry about tennis. That's um, infuriating. Yes. Oh, okay. This one that we can go back to the uh, uh, the game that's doing something fun. So okay. M- Minecraft. This is this one, like, you know, if I were to smoke a funny cigarette and think about this one <laughs> late at night while munching some Doritos, like, I feel like I could come up, like, my mind could go to some crazy places. Like, okay. But Minecraft is building a one-to-one ratio replica of Earth. <gasps> yeah. What? Let that, let that sink in. That Minecraft is building a life-size replica, and I don't even know how that works. It's one-to-one ratio. So where, where are they doing <laughs> Online. Like, it's the same, like a virtual world, and the virtual world exists in... That's I was hoping really... you would maybe explain that to me. No, this sounds like that paragraph you read. Like, this is so... It's I basically to... come with, like, Susie, explain to me everything I've read in the well, last week. It's basically like if you try to think about infinity, you know, that feeling? Yes. That's what this, this is, feels like. This is the exact feeling. This is why I dropped my astronomy class in my first semester of college because i was like i freaking love space <laughs> i'm like i love it like this yeah. I, I liked neil degrasse tyson before he was cool and yes. you know not to you brag really but did. like to brag a little bit um yeah. and uh oh yeah thank you so much for getting his autograph on that book for me Suze. i treasure that that's so <laughs> i think about so that nice. frequently anyways so um but yes so now I'm just talking about thinking about that. No, no. Okay, I, so Minecraft has this oh, simulation. Yes, 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 yes. But okay, it's the but same like, size as Earth. Yes. So they are making wow. a life-size rendition of Earth inside That's the game. Incredible. And why it works, so the planet Earth is 197 million square miles. And okay. a Minecraft map is roughly 1.6 billion square miles. What? Wow. How? Where? I don't even know. And maybe this is hard for me because I've never played Minecraft, but maybe that I mean, I have, well, I've watched Lincoln yeah. play and I guess I get it, especially since it's infinite what you can create. Right. Oh, but why are they doing what? it? Like, I have what's seen the, the ones, well, really just to be able to map it out and because they can't, like wow. that was, I knew you were going to ask that. And I was like, please, as I was reading this article, I was Stop. thinking, and I'm like, I wonder, like, what questions Susie would ask about Stop. this. And one of the questions that was the first one was like, well, yeah, but, like, why? And, right. And, and I was so lucky that one of the sentences starts with... Um, Here's why. <laughs> uh, whatever. His, oh, his name online is Evil Paws, because I read that, and I was like, wait, what is that? Okay, right. That's his 
code, like online name. So Evil Paws said that people are constantly asking why. Why rebuild the earth with Minecraft? Yeah. And I was like, thank you for asking the question that I really needed to know the answer to. And to that, he says, why not? Something of this scale has never been done before. I hate when people say that. And it's ready for anyone who wants to take on the challenge of doing it. So the thing that inspired him, though, was that we can't travel right now. And oh, he was wow. like, I, wouldn't it be nice if people in different parts of the earth were able to take part, like come together and build sections of you know, like brick by brick. And okay, he said but some is of the... it going to look like Minecraft though? Because that's not like going to scratch I... the itch of travel. Well, yeah, I know. But like it, you'd be able to like maybe explore a virtual world. But this mm-hmm. is where like, you know, Stony Sarah would be like, okay, <laughs> now we have a one-to-one model, <laughs> okay. a virtual world. Like how many steps away from that Ready Player One movie are we? Probably not what that many. Cr- what is the deal with that movie? Oh what my gosh, that? you have to see it. That is one of the coolest movies. Oh, it's so cool. Adam's always talking about it. No, it's what so is the good. Deal? It's so good. How do I even describe it? Uh, like it's... It's a simulation of life? Well, You're it's, in the game? It's a few... It's, a, it's, it's like this, you know, dystopian future where um, everybody's like basically grinding and, you know, working away. And the only pl- time you can escape is in this game. It's basically a Fortnite or Minecraft or one of these. We just kept building it and building it. And then you would be able to... And we combined that with like virtual reality where you can put on a headset and you could be in the game and you can spend money. Like, so, you know, you, you can spend money like in real life on the game and... Like it's like if Fortnite or one of those games just like took over, and right, and that was, and then they, the person who created the game, hides like Easter eggs in the game, and that, that's fun, and they make it so, like, there's like a real treasure, a real like prize, like money that that you can win if you find all of these like keys and everything and unlock like you know basically like beat the game. Yeah. And like everybody's become because of this treasure, it's like it's turned into you know that that poem that we oh my god, I'm so glad we talked about this. This is great. I'm getting like goosebumps. <laughs> I'm like I love this topic. You know that that poem we talked about that had the 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 prize, the yeah, buried treasure. The treasure. And mm-hmm. Everybody read the poem and even we even were like, Well, was it even real or was there even a prize there? Yeah. Because could it just like get everybody interested and excited? <laughs> Imagine if something like so accessible on your phone, like a game that you played all the time. Yeah. Ha- had the you had the opportunity, like you like dangling this carrot like in front of you that's so, you know, I'd everybody's after that. it. Right? And then you you're basically the entire society is built around winning this game and like beating because you know people come close people are able to get parts of it but not all of it and the best part is that it uses a bunch of like when you go into the virtual world you could be any character from any video game or anything ever so it's i think it's steven spielberg who who is the director of the movie and he they put in a bunch of characters from other movies like so you oh, see like it's like recognizable you're like oh my god there's king kong oh my god there's somebody whose avatar is like uh, the iron giant and like they have like elements of a bunch of movies that you, oh the car from back to the future is mm-hmm. one, one of the cars that he chooses to like race in and like those okay. kind of things are really fun all right i like I it i don't know i love it it's one of, it's like and every time i talk about it with somebody I like I have yet to hear somebody who's seen it be like, oh yeah, it's okay. It's always like, oh my god, that movie's so cool. really yeah. And I even saw like I caught it some like on TV or something, and I only caught half of it. 
and I no, I must have been like on a plane or something like that where I like had to watch it or you know, and and uh, and I was like, oh shit, this movie is freaking oh, amazing. And from because I had like was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna watch a video game movie for a long time. And then like when <laughs> where the next opportunity I got, it was like, oh, I have to get home so I can like watch it from the beginning. It was like that. Wow. So yeah, wee. definitely. And I don't even think I'm overselling it. So. <laughs> I like how you're wound up today, though. Am I? Oh, yeah, I like it. That's funny. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah, I started the day early. Could, oh, my God. Personal story. <laughs> couldn't get what? to sleep. Couldn't couldn't stay asleep. Like, I've been going to bed. Yeah. Me and I have been going to bed really early lately. I'm, like, yeah. dying for daylight savings. Like, we're tired and going, like, I'm falling asleep <laughs> on the couch at 930. How old am I? This is insane. Oh, that's cute. So I'm going to bed so early, and, like, I can't, I, I can't sleep for more than, you know, seven hours or whatever so i'm waking up at like 4 a.m and then i try to go back to sleep and i just have these terrible nightmares when i try to go back to sleep like this i swear there's something in it i keep having oh you said that too yeah it must be the pandemic it's got to be because like today and oh and then we were talking about this and we did have this on our podcast but i dreamt that i i was bit by something and then i was like ow what's that and then i it was like it, all of a sudden my hand like bubbled up and then it went away and then I was like moving about my business and then I have like a little cu- I was like I have like a little cut on my arm right now from where I like burn myself making homemade crunch, crunch wraps like Taco Bell. That let me okay, tell you, this that's, part is real. That is what oh, you're saying. Yes, that part is real. Um, okay. So like in my dream, I was like I from that that the mark on my hand of where I like burn myself out of that mark comes one little spider leg. And then another little spider leg. And then a whole big, huge black spider comes out of my hand. And then it won't stop. There's like stuff that is like, it, like it's wet, like stringy, like inside me. And I'm, oh, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies thinking about it. So that's, that's like terrible. my dream. And I'm like, oh, I can't even go back to bed. So yeah. I'm sure one of our listeners is like a dream interpreter. We need to know what oh. that means. Well, funny you say that. Because I did read an article that was talking about how... Scientists have the first like documented evidence of how your brain is re- actually replaying memories of the day in its dreams. Like now oh. we know 100% for sure it's the first direct evidence that uh, our brain our brains replay new memories when we sleep. It makes sense. And but the way that they learned is really cool. They use the same, so the same technology that they're using um, for people who have, um, it's like sending very, very teeny, 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 tiny electrodes into the brain to yeah. study what, um, well, really, like what each individual neuron that fires. And they're using it with, they've been successful in using this with people who are like quadriplegic in getting them to move a cursor. They just like think about what they yes, want to yes, type. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we know that and that we've talked about in here before. That's great. So mm-hmm. they're using that same technology and they're, they're just putting the electrodes in there to look at what neurons are firing while they're sleeping so they so in that with that theory if they if you act something out during the day Mm -hmm. it's like you're there's like a a, like this this the synapses happen and it it happens like it creates like a pattern like this is what it looks like and then if you sleep those same neurons are going to fire if it's if you are dreaming about what you did Mm -hmm. what the actions are 
because we know like you can think about moving and your brain will remember in the same way as if you moved like you know exactly you know right. what i'm talking about yes yeah okay. so this is the part that i think is adorable they had the the you know research groups or the control groups variable groups play a game of simon before they okay. went to bed. And so they were like, beep, boop, boop, beep, 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 boop. And they were like, oh, no. that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know the ones with the colors? It would be like yes. four squares of colors and they're like memorizing patterns. You know, and if anybody's played this or played Tetris for like hours on end, anybody else, anybody else, just me. Right, um, absolutely. Th- you like start to have that, like almost like you dream about it. Like, you, like mm-hmm. that is in your brain. And so yeah. then they were looking at their brain with these little inse- like little electrodes while they were sleeping and the exact same neurons fired as if they were playing it playing in their the dreams. Game. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, there you go. That's it. We're running through, we're doing, we're replaying all of our memories while we sleep. I kind of love that. Me too. Mm-hmm. And then this, this combined with another article that I read a long time ago that I do not have with me. So can't, you know, read it to you right now. But it talked <laughs> about how people who are able to get <clears throat> like multiple REM cycles, I think it's like two sleep cycles in have less anxiety because they're that they're, makes sense they're better able to let go of memories that maybe weren't important for us to hold yeah. on to like you know like we worry and we're like oh my god what if that like i, I am hello queen of like overthinking here mm-hmm. and like i have to practice a lot of things to stop doing that and like so sleeping and getting better sleep maybe not about spiders will help uh to help your brain decide which memories are ones that are like yes hold on to that we need yeah, that information worth keeping and which ones are like no that was just some comments some idiot made on twitter and you should probably let that go yeah so, right it like, sorts it out isn't that cool yes i love it yeah i so there we go man that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. (laughs) I know, I got a message today from somebody who's like, can you please stop talking about these gross things? I know! Oh, well... I mean, I do have a poo story for you. Oh, yes. Bring but, it. But, like, I feel like that doesn't even count as, like, gross. No, that's, that's just like, life. And this one, this is an important one because it also helps uh, shed some light or give us some info or maybe, I don't know, it's a possible cure for somebody that we talked about in a previous episode. Tell me. So, remember the lady who doctors thought was drunk all the time? Because she had the <laughs> gut fermentation sim- syndrome where her gut was making alcohol. Yes. And the alcohol was getting into her bloodstream. And then yes. she was like, I swear to God, I'm, I'm not drinking. And you guys think I'm drinking, but I'm not. And 
And this is, I love this story. Yes. Okay. Well, she was not the only person who had this there. This is something that apparently happens enough for, you know, people to try alternative treatments to it. So there was a man who was, had the same condition. He was like brewing alcohol in his stomach and he received a fecal transplant to reset Uh, the gut microbiome. Yes. Worked like a charm. Yes, I've heard. No, honestly, this sounds so weird. I know. That, it, it's totally, it's like the best. It's the future. It is the future. Poo transplants yeah. are the future and we're <laughs> not even making that up. Go ahead. Soundbite it. Don't yes, even Yes, it's true. <laughs> soundbite. It's true that sometimes what's causing your ailments and, and even anxiety and depression can be rooted in your gut. Wow. And like the biome that you have in there can be the problem. And so some for some people, the only way to restore it and get you healthy again is to get poop from someone else that's wow. healthy and you just, they shoot it in there or whatever. I don't know how they do the transplant. I don't, I'm not, I mean, carefully? I have no. <laughs> uh, this is an aside, but I saw this hilarious meme today. There was a collection of all NASA's um, articles and their headlines about Uranus. It was so funny because it was like, it said, like, I'm a mature adult. I'm a mature adult. I'm a mature adult. (laughs) And then all the headlines are like, sweeping winds on Uranus baffle scientists. (laughs) Scientists finally discover what Uranus smells like. Turns out it's rotten eggs, which is hilarious. So that is an aside, but that made me laugh a lot. Speaking of um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, when I went to see him... He calls it Uranus. Well, because that's how you're supposed to say it, but come on. Yeah, but I... So then when I talked to Lincoln about the planets, I call it Uranus. Yeah. But then I had to say, just so you know, (laughs) at school, they probably call it Uranus and they'll probably think that's really funny because your (laughs) anus is another word for your Mm b-hole and um, just want you to know, like if people are laughing, that's why. I'm but glad like, that you explained it. Do you remember being a kid and not knowing and having people laugh? I hated that. You had older brothers and sisters. I hated it. But then you were religious, so what the heck did you know about? <laughs> yeah, it was a real mixed bag. <laughs> but then so was everybody would, else at your school. So We weren't allowed to mention that planet at my school. <laughs> it's ungodly. It's my very excellent mother <laughs> just right. gave nine right. pizzas. <laughs> Right? Oh my God, that's so funny. What if that were the part that they... Do you remember when that teacher was up in arms? Not teacher. That parent was up in arms about the book that had foul language and it was the dictionary that she wanted (laughs) out of the school. (laughs) And it was the dictionary. I can't take it. Oh God, that makes me laugh. People are so crazy. But did she really oh, want it banned? Yes, yes. We, this was in California. This so was great. this is Suze, when you do five hundred and how the hell many episodes? Four hundred and fifty two <laughs> episodes of a podcast. We cover right. a lot. And there is this is why people are like, Man, like what do you talk about for four hundred I'm like I don't so much. I mean where there's do I so begin? much to say. There is so much to say. I mean and then we have people like David Blaine who wanna like float oh above God. Uh, Arizona, like this is a movie up with some balloons tied to him. What the heck's Did going on with that Did you see I guy? tweeted about him today? I no. like deleted it because I thought people were going to be mad. I said, Oh, um, I'll say whatever you don't want to say because I don't, I'm like, come on, David Blaine. Well, You're, I this, said, this guy, this guy. David Blaine's greatest trick would be if he read the room. <laughs> 
Because, like, it's not the time, white guy. I know. I'm like, don't put me. And I was even thinking that as I was watching it live and, like, I mean, maybe not live. I was, like, a little bit after. But still, I am watching it, and it's, like, giving me an anxiety attack. Like, looking at him, <laughs> like, breathing, doing his, like, I hate <clears throat> his whole performance. Like, yes. I'm like, you don't. It's so performative. It's, like, I don't know. I, I just, I did have you know love the You know that emoji that just has, like, straight line slits for eyes? That's yes. what he makes me feel like. He does I'm like, make, oh, I'm okay. like, oh, for Christ's sake, what is exactly. David what the hell is David Blaine doing this time? You know, I don't know what why. What now? What now? And this is a very big departure from my normal feelings about magicians. Yes, right. And so, you love magic. He's the, he's, what is it? The exception that proves the rule that magic is the <laughs> best thing ever. I don't know. But Well, because yes. he's different. He's sort of like an actor. Yeah. And I don't like, um, uh, what do I not, the big, the big, like, oh, what's that guy's name? Who does it? David, David Copperfield. Copperfield. Basically, if you, if your name is David and you play with cards, I'm probably not. <laughs> you hate magicians named David. I hate magicians named David. Prove me wrong. <laughs> right. Find a good one. Find me a good one. Oh, it's that's impossible. really funny. Sis, you are tickling me today. You're just making me laugh. <laughs> but yes, I did not like that. And it gives me anxiety. And yeah, I don't even get it. Off. And especially because that astronaut guy who's who has already jumped from like the freaking stratosphere so yes yeah we're not impressed david yeah and also he had to use he's using an oxygen and then he tried to make it seem more extreme than it was he was like are you are you looking at my oxygen look at my oxygen i'm gonna i'm gonna watch how it's going i'm like you're fucking fine that is my least favorite part of his whole quote-unquote magic is the talking (laughs) (laughs) stop talking yeah and you know what i don't even care if people are like what david blaine is like did you see it no i'm fine with well that's why i deleted it because somebody wrote you know we still need entertainment and and a little bit of magic never hurt it and i was like oh no you you can't read the room either like i am not into your earnest tweeting yeah Uh, (laughs) reading that's a really funny tweet though because that really is true it's like and then then i almost and i also feel like the colorful balloons and like happy like it's a party is also not yes that you're like like balloons party celebration who the hell's celebrating i know somebody tweeted like i feel like david blaine is trying to do close-up magic from far away (laughs) (laughs) i totally agree and as a lover of close-up magic i'm like no no that's not it i don't like it i hate this that's what that is Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sarah, we have a guest. <gasps> Ooh. This okay. one's so good. It's a, she is an author. Her name's Dr. Charlotte Markey, and she wrote a book called The Body Image Book for Girls. Wow. Love yourself and love grow it. up fearless. I love it. I read it and I was like learning myself. Oh, which, that's so good. Well, I, already, like, I always say it starts with the basics and we got to just do the same thing and go back to square one. 
Yes. Well, because as you said, I went to a Christian school and our sex ed was called Created in Love. And, um, you know, it's not exactly thorough. And I was like looking at some of the pictures, like where all the stuff is on your body. And I'm like, I swear I'm learning right now. Like where stuff is. But the cool thing about the book is that it's like totally um, today, you know, for teens and preteens. She talks a lot about weight because that's her specialization is like what's healthy, how you should treat your body, how you should feel about your body. Stuff that's, I think, so good for people in that nine to 15 age group where you like are figuring it all out. It's got great guidance and advice. Something a little better than the book, Are You There, God, is Me, Margaret, because that really didn't do a lot for me. (laughs) I mean, it's a start. I could use an update, for goodness sake. This could fill in the gaps. Yeah, and if you have a daughter or a niece or a friend who is in that age, this is a great book to get them. The Body Image Book for Girls by Dr. Charlotte Markey. And she has really um, a lot of insight about just the way women in general feel about their bodies. So if you're interested Mm -hmm. in that kind of thing, you would love this interview. Um, So welcome, Dr. Markey. All right, Dr. Charlotte Markey, thank you so much for coming on the Brain Candy Podcast. I really, really love your book. Let me get the title right. The Body Image Book for Girls, Love Yourself and Grow Up Fearless. Uh, Hello, what a great message. Congratulations. How are you feeling? I feel great. It's so exciting. We've been working on this book for almost three years. My so, God. I know it feels like a marathon. And then there was a delay with production due to the pandemic. So oh, it's finally God. happening. It almost feels surreal now. Right. Because it's been so long coming and now your baby's That's here. Happened. And now exactly. you're going to see it. Is it stressful? I know. A little bit because, you know, so much build up and you put so much into it. And it's like, I hope people like her. <laughs> Do you feel like the feedback is what you were expecting? Yeah, so far. I mean, I think a lot of people are surprised that there haven't been more books like this for girls. Um, because most kind of body image like books have been for adults and they're written by like celebrities or, you know, it's kind of more beauty oriented. It's not really of the same sort of thing I'm trying to do, which is much more, you know, like helping girls just accept themselves and, and grow up kind of not being overly concerned about. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe that there hasn't been more talk about yeah. that because it feels like by the time you're an adult, a lot of the like messaging has been internalized. Yeah. <laughs> so you're working in the prevention arena, right? Right. And, you know, after my, the first book I wrote was about not dieting, why dieting doesn't work. And it was for an adult audience. And I started thinking a lot, even when I was working on that, which was now, I don't know, six or seven years ago, that girls need this message. You know, I feel like so many women, especially of my generation, I'm, I'm older than you. So, you know, like people I know are all in like our mid late forties. We're like, Oh, it's just so hard to detach from some of those messages we got as kids, even if logically we know we don't really believe them. Um, and even as someone who's studied this stuff for 25 years now, it's like, I just, I know it's really hard. And so I think prevention is so key. If we could just keep girls, from becoming dissatisfied with their bodies, we will be setting them up for success in so many ways. Yeah. What do you feel like is the biggest obstacle preventing women? Is it the media? What's going on? What's the scoop? 
I mean, the media is an important part of it because the media is all about presenting perfect, beautiful people and selling us products so that we can become more like them. And, you know, young people don't appreciate that, right? They just think <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to buy this and then I can look like that. And they feel like it's really simple. It takes you like years, I think, to like go through all those face creams and appreciate that, oh gosh, no, it's not this simple. It doesn't work like this. Um, so I think the media is a big part of it and, and social media and smartphones, you know, it's like kids have the media at their disposal in ways that certainly I didn't when I was young. You know, what's weird though, is that I, I agree. And social media is so difficult because of what you describe in the book as, um, like comparison, uh, social comparison thing. But on the other hand, I, f- I feel so heartened by young women who I see really embracing the body positivity. What is your take on that? Yeah, I think the body positivity movement is really starting to take hold and it's taking hold more among younger people. Yeah, and I did lo- that happen? I don't know. I don't know. It's so great though. And I love seeing like my daughter who's 13 and her friends, you know, when they don't know, I'm stalking them on social media. And I, I see them replying to people saying things that are very body positive. I think, wow, yes, this is like what I hoped for the next generation of girls that they would just sort of embrace who they are and spend less time worrying about this. And do you notice Um, how like on their pictures, like they'll post an Instagram picture and then beneath it, they all will comment like really complimentary things to one another. Do you notice that? I do. It's really interesting because, um, I don't know. I just think, you know, maybe just cause I didn't grow up with it when, yeah, I'm, right. when I'm observing it. I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> like they're cheering each other on and I'm like, yes. is that real or is that yeah. true? Yeah. I think that there, there is a lot of, you know, this girl power movement is pretty new. Yeah. Um, it really is hitting millennials. Um, but no one, no one any older, you know, we didn't I get know, that. Right? We were, we're doomed. We're already screwed. Let's save them. It's too late. I know. Well, I mean, in some ways, you know, of course I, I always, as a psychologist and, you know, author want, want to help everyone, but, yeah. but I no, do think there that is prevention help. is key. Yeah. It makes a big difference. So when you're developing this book, you have this idea and you want to write it and are you reflecting in that time? Are you reflecting at all on like the crappy sex ed and like even anatomical descriptions that were done when we were growing up. They're yeah. horrible. And there were so many things that we weren't told. Of course I went to Catholic school growing up. So like sex ed was right. called, um, family life. Ours was so. called, um, created in love. Yeah. So it was probably pretty similar. Like there was a lot left out. Um, and, and then what happens, like, you know, in your twenties, you start figuring some of these things out, um, almost like by trial and error. So, you know, we really don't want girls to be doing that. We want them to kind of understand not just and appreciate and accept their bodies, but you know, like how they work and where things are. And, um, you know, my, my daughter was, I guess, 11 when I was drafting the chapter on puberty and I had her uh, proofread for me to make sure that like she understood everything. And there was, there's anatomical pictures yeah. in the book and, um, including like where the clitoris is. Yeah. And she was like, 
oh, I don't know, mom. And I was like, no, trust me, you're going to be glad, you know, <laughs> you know what you Yeah. Think. Even I was looking at that, like making sure I knew it. <laughs> like, okay, do I have this right? Because it just wasn't available. And No, no. And I think too, then if you're curious or you want to know those things and people haven't made that information available, you feel kind of shameful or like you're kind of being dirty or perverted. And, and that's not empowering. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not what we want for our girls. We want them to feel sort of in charge of themselves physically and psychologically. Well, I love how you speak to them and it's not condescending or, or infantilizing. It's respectful and fun. And you include testimonials from actual young people who weigh in yeah. on their struggles and their feelings. I think that was a brilliant move. And I hope people are giving you great feedback about that because it's really important. Thanks. You mentioned in the book that there's a lot of misinformation about bodies and, and sex and stuff. What do you think what do you think some of those things are? Well, you know, a lot of my research as a researcher has focused on dieting and weight issues and, and I think, you know, when I teach my psychology of eating class at, at Rutgers University students say all the time when we get to the dieting section, like, why don't people talk about this? Why isn't it not known that like none of this really works long-term? So I'm like, cause a lot of people are making a lot of money yeah. off of coming up with new plans and products and pills and whatever all the time. Um, so, you know, those are girls mostly, although some men too, um, and boys and, you know, women, but, yeah. um, they're in their, 20s usually at that point and they're like oh I really didn't know this so so I think that's really important that's why there's almost a whole chapter on kind of like just don't do these things yeah, you were like you were like don't I know you're gonna do it don't <laughs> do don't. a fat diet it's inevitable yeah. we all do at some point but don't you wish you know, we could learn from our mistakes I mean, they're so tantalizing and we all have those times. And I know for a lot of people right now, after being quarantined, they're feeling vulnerable, you know, or after the holidays, like the beginning of January, we all feel kind of just like not our best selves, right? And we want to do something to feel better. So I completely understand where the sentiment's coming from. Like, what can I do now so I can feel better and feel less gross and feel better about myself psychologically? And so, you know, then you get these ads or something in your Instagram feed about what meals to skip or what, you know, what, um, whatever, like smoothies they're going to send you or whatever it is that year, that week, that month. Um, and it's tempting, you know, I feel tempted by them sometimes too. Like yeah. there are definitely moments where I think like, no, no, stop. What are you even thinking here? Right. Um, you know better. So I get why, like we're all mortal, why we all want, we want it to be true. That's the thing. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. of things we would like to be true. We would like to be able to take a pill and lose weight. And if it were that easy, like, well, we would all be doing it by now. Yeah. And you, you know, you, you spend a lot of time kind of setting people straight and, but your message of truth isn't as appealing as the people that spend all this money marketing a product to get you to buy it. This yeah. is going to sound way better. <laughs> so it's a real yeah. battle. 
it is an uphill battle. I know. And I, you know, I really learned this the hard way. I think was my first book that if your message is not super sexy, right. You're just going to get less press. Um, but you know, I think what I hope anyway is, and what I do feel as a parent myself is that people want better for their own kids. People want them to have accurate evidence-based information. They want them to have the truth. They want them to understand things that it took some of us 20 or 30 years to figure out. And so I think we're more careful about our kids than we are about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that, you know, a book that's pretty factual. There's a lot of antidote. There's a lot of things that we included to try to make it really readable. Um, but it's evidence-based. It's not, there's no misinformation unless it's something we're trying to set straight. I love that. I just thought I couldn't say enough about how much I enjoyed it and how valuable I think it is. So I'm glad you're doing it. I wonder though, for you, since you spend so much time talking about, you know, food and body image and all that jazz, how, what it feels like for you as just a regular person in your own body, does it affect how you see yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think most of the lessons sort of that I prescribe that research suggests are things that are good for us to do. Um, I really do try to do, I really try to practice what I preach as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I've been studying food, especially for so long that and raising my own kids, it's just been really important to me to try to sort of follow what the research suggests. So, um, you know, we have, we have fun food in the house. We try not to make it a big deal. Sinful. Um, yeah. You know, so sometimes people are shocked because they think my kids should eat healthier than they do. I'm sure they're like, wow, doesn't she like studying food? That kid eats a lot of mac and cheese. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and also during the pandemic, it's like even soda, which I am not big on in general. I've been like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll order you guys some soda because you know, like they're teenagers. Summer, the stolen year. Right. I mean, it's like, right. It's like, there's so many worse things you could be doing if you actually were out of the house right now. Sure. Have a Coke Zero. (laughs) Like, I think that's so good though, because then nothing is seen as taboo. And then it's like the forbidden fruit. And that can be, that can create unhealthy relationships too, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly what I didn't want. I wanted them to be able to enjoy food, but also to kind of take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so far, so good. You know, parents mess up their kids in all kinds of ways, um, usually unintentionally. So I guess when they're full grown adults, I'll have a better sense. This is a success story. But, um, you know, it's it's something I think that's worth being thoughtful about. Why do you say in your book that it is never correct or, or the right answer for a girl or young woman to diet? I mean, most practically, because it's not going to work. Because kind of by definition, when we talk about dieting, it's just something we would do for a short time period. And then once you change your eating habits, your weight's going to change again. Um, I think on a more idealistic level, I don't want girls or boys or men or women to diet because um, I think it does start um, people down a path of having a really unhealthy relationship with food and 
not enjoying food and feeling like they have to avoid food. And, you know, I mean, food is like one of the best things in life. Mm -hmm. So it's just really a shame when that sort of tension starts to develop around something that should be good. Joyful, right. Joyful and fun. And that doesn't mean like, you know, eat mac and cheese for three meals a day. But, um, you know, there's a lot of room between like feeling really restricted and feeling like you have to avoid like everything that's a carb or something and mac and cheese for three meals a day, right? Like there's a middle ground. Right. So that's where we, that's where we need to be. When you were writing the book, was there a particular section that was really hard or challenging for you? Yeah, I really, um, struggled with the section in talking about, um, like height and weight and body mass index. And I'm, I'm kind of still struggling with it. I hope I got it (laughs) right. I really liked Um, it. What did you struggle with? Because, um, I think there's a lot of people who feel like it would be best if we just didn't talk to our kids about it at all. Yeah. Um, and there's some problems with, with body mass index as a measure of like anything. Um, but I just really felt like, you know, kids go to the pediatrician every year and they get weighed and they get shown this chart and, and it's kind of like part of their childhood very often. And I wanted them to know where that was coming from. Um, because sometimes doctors, I think don't explain it particularly well and they can even, unintentionally, I think, be kind of misinforming themselves by saying like, you know, this is where you are at on this curve and this is where you should be or something. And, and we don't want to be telling our kids they should be anywhere really. Um, so, so I was trying to kind of put that in, in context, like really these charts were developed to make sure, you know, like around the world, they were, they were, you have been used if, if a kid's failing to thrive mostly, like if a kid is not is malnourished mm-hmm. um, or if they have a health condition that is affecting like their stature, their height. So, um, so it was, it's kind of a struggle to, to kind of try to put the information out there, but then also not want to encourage them to be worried about it or think about it a lot, but just have the information at their disposal. Yeah. Cause it's an important so. tool and it can be valuable context, but it is imperfect. So that was the yeah. right. You yeah. know what blew me away was when you described that study where women performed uh, less well on exams when wearing a bikini. I knew and you were going to say that. <laughs> I really couldn't believe it because yeah, it makes sense because we all kind of feel silly in bathing suits, but yeah, um, just knowing that because I was like in my mind reading the chapter because you mentioned like what should you wear like that I thought it was such a great topic to discuss but it's complicated and then you were like you might want to think about maybe wearing more comfortable clothes less revealing and here's why oh my god what did you think about that study yeah I love that study because (laughs) I think it just resonates for us as women in so many ways this idea that if we're not comfortable with what we're wearing, that like kind of is a distraction. It takes up mental space. And so to actually have that play out in a study, 
um, I think is, is kind of fascinating. It's like what we kind of knew on the one hand and, and at the extreme, like a good example is, right, if you have like great heels on, but then like you really can't walk. Right. Um, I mean, maybe I'm the only one who can't walk well in heels, but you know, like <laughs> I've definitely had experiences where I feel like, well, these are great shoes, but like, I really can't walk well. And then I spend the whole time at this wedding or whatever thinking, I am so uncomfortable. Like yeah. I can't walk. And then you take them off and you're like, well, this is pointless. Yeah. Like I bought these great shoes and now I'm not even wearing them. Mm-hmm. So I should have just bought shoes that I could like walk in and then I could still wear them. Yeah. I just, because I mean, it's good to know that you might be, you might perform not at the top level if you're not wearing clothes that you feel totally comfortable in. Good to know. Yeah. Because it's taking up mental space. Maybe you don't even realize it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I really like that you gave permission to people and young girls, uh, to care about what they look like. Cause a lot of the, here's yeah. what is not useful being like, don't worry about how you look. Well, the fact right. is it does matter, especially, right. you know, to yourself if it's bothering you. And so you kind of gave permission, like it's okay to care. Was that intentional? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a lot of body image scientists talk about this and they refer to it as an adaptive appearance investment. So this idea that like spending time sort of taking care of your appearance in ways that are not harmful or risky does make you feel good about yourself. And you should do it for yourself. You shouldn't do it for, you know, a significant other or because that's what your friends expect of you or something. Yeah. Um, but but it's okay, you know? And I think too, as a psychologist, like I'm, I'm very often interested in the nuance or the sort of gray areas in this literature. And and I find that, you know, if you just say like, oh, just love yourself exactly the way you are, or you have to do like 800 things to love yourself, like both of those extremes are wrong. Like mm-hmm. they're not really helpful, like you said. So I do think that sort of this gray area in the middle of trying to figure out like, well, what do I need? You know, what does matter to me? Do you ever have people say to you like, well, you don't understand because you're so beautiful and you're so fit. How would you know? I mean, I think that that's just, you know, it's all, it, it doesn't really matter in a lot of ways what you actually look like, it doesn't. you know, um, because I think most people have some self-consciousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't, I have never talked to a woman, even a woman that I thought was completely stunning and perfect who didn't see something wrong with herself. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I think that, I mean, it's not to sound, you know, unsympathetic to people who um, may, you know, look really um, different than what's considered average or attractive. Right. Um, but I do think overall, it's universal. you know, we, yeah, we all feel kind of like, you know, I mean, I definitely have a friend who says that sometimes to me. She's like, oh, but you don't have to really worry about that. You and I'm like, get it. I'm like, well, you know, if I had never worried about this, if this was something that didn't feel like a real issue to me, do you think I would spend like my entire career studying it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, obviously I totally get it, but like, it's a real issue. It's something that really bothers people. It's something that can be really devastating. Um, yeah. So what did you mean in the book when you said... Um, be your own influencer. 
Because I like that phrase. I just wanted you to elaborate. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, trying to delve into the world of social media for kids is, um, it's tricky because also you can't just say like, oh, just stay away from that. Like they would have no friends. <laughs> like this yeah. is how they connect with people. Yeah. You can't just take it away. Especially um, now. Right. Right. Because they're not even able to go outside sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the idea of just be your own influencer is like, well, just, it's okay to sort of present who you are comfortable being to other people. And you don't have to compare yourself to other people. You don't have to follow other people. Um, you know, again, sort of this idea of empowerment and just be in charge of, of who you are and let other people respect that. Right. I love that concept. That's so cool. Um, I wanted to read the, this was in the paperwork for the book. It was said a recent study found that approximately 40% of more than 800 young adults surveyed would rather contract COVID and gain 20 yeah. pounds while social distancing. Did that surprise you? Or you're like, yeah, no, God, I know this. <laughs> I mean, both. <laughs> That's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. And you know, I feel, I feel both things at the same time. On the one hand, I feel like, well, yeah, of course, like this is how people feel about their weight and their appearance. And of course. And on the other hand, I guess if I wasn't always like surprised and interested, I wouldn't be able to keep studying all this because yeah. I was like, oh, come on, people, though. Like, yeah. you could die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I get you don't want to gain weight. Like, maybe no one does, but like, death is worse. Yeah, I guess it feels <laughs> abstract and like unclear what COVID could even be. Of course. That is, of course, telling. Yeah. Yes, it's very telling about, I think, what weighs on people. And I mean, what I love about that statistic, though, not that it exists, of course, but just that it impresses on all of us that mm. this is a real issue. Like, it's not just someone's superficial concern about their hair color or the size of their thighs. Like, they might truly rather think about, like, life or death yeah. as, you know, and, and so that's, that's pretty concerning. After you turn in a book and it's the final, you can't change anything. Is there inevitably like something you wish you would have included or done differently? Or do you feel at peace? You, it's just what you wanted. Um, you know, I had such a great team working on this book and it was read by so many people. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of whom I will like, you know, owe favors to forever, I feel like, like oh, friends, yeah. other parents, colleagues who study body image and eating behaviors. Um, you know, my husband read the whole thing. God bless. Um, I know, more than once. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like the, the harshest of all, though. He's the, the best um, oh. editor in some ways because he is not afraid to say things. <laughs> um, and, you know, then a professional editor, professional copy editor, um, and you know, there so many great people had so many suggestions. And so I did feel like it was really worked through well. That's so great. Um, yeah. But I have to say now I'm working on the body image book for boys. Yeah. And as I delve into some topics, um, like I was working last week, uh, writing a little bit about porn and I thought, you know, I didn't cover this in the girls book. And that makes sense because, you know, girls don't like seek out porn the way like teenage boys do. But 
the fact that boys seek it out and have certain perceptions and understandings then indirectly does affect girls. Yeah. So I was already back at my editor over email like last week. And I was like, you know, we have to do a second edition. Like, I'm really <laughs> happy with it, but I think it's amazing. I'm so grateful for everything you did. But like, can, can we do like a second edition in a couple of for years? Real. Cause, Cause I keep coming up with more things. And she's like, it's almost 200 pages. Yeah. <laughs> it's enough. No, I know. I know. What you she's mean, like, it's though. okay. Keep thinking, but Aww. it is long. But it is, that is such a good point. And even when reading your book as it is, I was thinking of comments that boys made to me when I was 13 or whatever age yeah, and how they still rattle around in my brain uh, regrettably. And, you know, they just stick with you. And now a lot of that is informed by boys who are exposed to images and videos that give right. false ideas about sex and women. Sometimes yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really concerning and it's kind of, you know, newish. Like we don't really completely understand. I think we have more data on like how this affects boys than like how it indirectly affects girls. Yeah. Yeah. Keep thinking about that, Doc. I I know. I need, I need to keep thinking about it. I'm sure (laughs) there'll be more studies in the future. So I'm into it. Last question we ask everybody, which is, um, what do you keep in the trunk of your car if you have a car? I do have a car. Um, I don't really have anything in it right now. It was empty. Yeah, I have like a sheet, like a bed sheet, I think, because I was buying plants to garden because you can't oh, do anything I now. I that. See, that's a good so, answer. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's been in there for months because I actually am not gardening anymore now. It's too hot in the Northeast. But, um, yeah, for a while there, I like kept going to this outdoor nursery where it felt safe. And I was like, okay, I need more flowers. Yes. Because there's so little you can do these days. I was like, oh, I'm going to make a great garden this year. I love that. And we talk about yeah. how what's in the trunk of your car sort of tells you where you are in your life. And I feel like yeah. gardening right now is such a um, an act of hope. Yeah. Sort of like this like nesting feeling, right? Yeah. Like if you're stuck at home. Make it as nice as you can. Yeah, and it's alive, and you're going to – maybe it'll grow, and there's hope for yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God, hope us all, yes. Yes, and I feel like your book is the same way. It gives me hope because I really want girls to have more information. It's so empowering. And yeah. the message you're giving them is fantastic, but it's also factual, science-based, and um, you're doing the work of the Lord, man. I hope so. It's been such a pleasure to do. I feel really, really fortunate, um, like I said, to have had such a great team of people who who helped me put it together. You know, I always say we did this because I'm the only author, but like mm-hmm. my, you know, main editor and I were on email just forever, you know, oh like God. every day for periods of time. And I feel like it was really a, a team effort. And I'm just so grateful to be able to do something that's meaningful to me. Well, it's Essential Reading, and I hope everybody checks it out. The Body Image Book for Girls, Love Yourself and Grow Up Fearless by Dr. Charlotte Marquis. What a wonderful book. Thank you so much for coming on Brain Candy. Thank you. And you are off the hook.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 